Welcome to Medical Sales Live, the number one resource for breaking into medical sales and building your career. We've had some questions from our actual trainers that we have at our various campuses mm -hmm. across the country. We have four campuses that specialize in spine, one of them being local here in Sarasota. Mm -hmm. So one of the questions is, what is the next disruptive technology that you see in the foreseeable future? Yeah. And then we can talk a little bit about navigation and robotics and how you, how you see the and view that sure. in the coming years. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think with respect to spine, navigation and robotics has um, certainly uh, placed itself in the industry rather well. I, I think that, uh, you know, for my practice, I don't use either of those. I still use um, fluoroscopy. And I think that um, it just has your has sense of how good or how well you understand or feel comfortable with the anatomy. I think that when you're, you know, depending upon where you trained and, and how you trained with, if you're training with robotics or navigation the entire time, well, then when you go into your practice, that's what you're going to bring with you. Sure. You know, one of the things with robotics um, is, you know, you're, you're relying on a machine to do something, um, uh, whether you're placing a pedicle screw or, you know, a high cervical screw. And, you know, sometimes machines are off, you know, whether it's a human error that made that occur. So, so for me, from a, when you're dealing with that very important, eloquent anatomy, it's always important for me to, to look at a, a, a live x-ray and understand the anatomy itself for me to do it. But it's, it's certainly coming along. I mean, I think that for complex spine procedures, you know, you're dealing in a thoracic spine with a pretty bad deformity, um, where the anatomy isn't uh, necessarily uh, black and white. I think it's a, you know, a, a very reasonable thing to do. Right. Technology has its benefits. Technology also has its drawbacks. Sure. Um, so with more and more elective surgery procedures going to an ASC setting, um, do you see this in the future? Um, you know, the under over 24 hours, the patient staying, um, is there a movement there towards that? And is in technology driving that? Is one sort of leading the other that will allow for that to happen? Is sure. that where you see the future going? Yeah, I mean, I think that from an elective standpoint, um, you know, the whole concept of minimally invasive surgery has really changed length of stay, time in the operating room, blood loss, and improved recovery. Um, I, I think that a lot of guys um, or girls, um, you know, if, if they do the minimally invasive surgery, um, making argument to have it as done as an outpatient in an ambulatory setting is very, very reasonable. You know, the things you have to watch out for, though, is, you know, you send these patients home on narcotics and then they come back to the ER once the narcotics wear off at one in the morning because they just can't deal with the pain. So there's that delicate line between doing something, discharging them from an ambulatory care setting, and making sure when they go home they're comfortable. Um, when it comes to cervical surgery, there are people out there that do cervical fusions, you know, in an ambulatory environment. Um, I'm not as comfortable with that just because of, you know, the, the possibility for, for hematomas that can develop and air, airway compromise. Um, so for that perspective, and that's just me, I, I like to keep them overnight for observation. But I, but I have certainly seen, you know, your outpatient microdiscectomies and, you know, your basic, uh, you know, one level uh, laminectomies go more towards an ambulatory care setting outpatient. Yeah. 
So it doesn't sound like the technology, uh, you use a lot of it. I mean, you've been in practice 13 years. Yeah. Um, we've got different navigation. You've got virtual reality mm -hmm. for pre-op planning, mm -hmm. which I think is coming and mm -hmm. training robotics themselves, endoscopic procedures sure. and motion preservation. Mm -hmm. any, any thoughts on all of that? I mean, I think that the more information that we have as surgeons, um, the better. You know, it's all about the patient care at the end of the day. You know, I, I think that you, we sort of have to balance, you know, becoming too cute with respect to technology versus being able to get the job done appropriately. I mean, at the end of the day, when you're operating on someone, you want them to get better. And sometimes that means a more aggressive surgery in order to, to get the job done as opposed to try and make the incisions small enough or, you know, you're doing an endoscopic procedure. Um, but, but I think you also have to be open to technology in terms of, you know, embracing it, learning about it. I think you'll find a lot of the older school doctors, they aren't doing minimally invasive surgery because the way they were taught back in 1991 was, you know, an open type procedure. So as you get older and, and you evolve in your career, I think it's important to embrace that and just see if it works for your practice. Sure. And, and, ha and speaking of practice, has your practice changed much in your 13 years? You know, different in the first five to ten versus the last few years, or has it been pretty much constant? And is and again, is the is the companies and technology pushing you one way or the other and changing things, or has it been pretty constant? No, I, I definitely it's changed. I mean, especially in the past ten years. You know, I adopt when I first started, I was doing all elective um, spine surgeries open. And then about 10 years ago, I adopted to 98% closed, minimally invasive. So I think it's, you know, your comfort level in terms of using a small tube and then being able to um, know your anatomy through a, a 22 millimeter port as opposed to a, you know, six inch incision. You know, you have to get better at, at understanding sure. the anatomy. But once that evolves, the trickle-down effect is, you know, your time in the OR, your blood loss, um, and then most importantly, healing capability and um, length of stay in the hospital. I think those are, if you can evolve to that, you're going to see those benefits on the backside. Last question on the COVID side of it, since it's so prevalent in our world these days. Um, has that changed your practice in any ways outside of obviously canceling elective cases, mm -hmm. uh, which is an obvious one, but as far as how you treat your patients, how you prepare for surgery, is there, is there any major differences or is it pretty much the same? Um, yeah, I, I would say it's pretty much the same. You know, I mean, from an elective standpoint, you know, here in Florida, um, I don't think it, it affected us as much as other states. Um, you know, we were, especially in neurosurgery, there's not a lot elective cancellations for someone who comes in with a brain tumor or falls in the middle of the night. Um, but, you know, it, it all has to do with, you know, taking care of the patient. All of our patients get COVID uh, tested prior to surgery, um, so they are screened appropriately. Um, and our hospital's done a very diligent job of getting patients private rooms post-operatively if they're staying overnight. Other than that, you know, from a volume standpoint, um, for example, 2020 was just as busy as 2015, I would say. And 2021 will probably be busier than 2020. So it's still, still been very busy. But again, I think that's very geographical. Thanks for tuning in to Medical Sales Live. Remember to like and subscribe to this channel for the latest in all things medical sales.